Oh, God damn it, WWE. How fucking... Oh, my God. Um, yeah, that was a thing, right? It was SmackDown, July 10th, 2020, and... Wow, that was fucking pile of shit. I'm... I, I, I'm fucking stunned by how bad you can get. You know, I... Didn't really want to do this type of reviews about one specific show because I'm not very good at it. Like, oh, what happened at SmackDown? Oh, this and this and that. And then explain and then in details tell what exactly happened. But shows like this show me that maybe from time to time I will do this reviews, this type of reviews because you. Uh, you just can. You just cannot write it better. Your show has been getting the lowest ratings they've ever gotten in history of WWE, in history of Fox, well, for this year or so, uh, with SmackDown Fox, last week on July 4th. It's just... It's just incredible that instead of doing something fresh and original and interesting, you're doing something so pathetic that pisses off all the community. And I haven't seen one person, literally one, who would defend this garbage. And it happens a lot. And, you know, I can say that I checked on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube a lot of shit. And nothing, no one, no one defended this karaoke garbage. Some people defended this Jeff Hardy garbage, but I don't understand why. Maybe I'm going to talk about this today. Maybe I won't because it's a very pissed topic that pisses me off. I cannot even talk straight right now because how frustrated I am with this garbage. But you know what the funny part is? I actually thought about completely dropping off from watching main roster, like completely say fuck this shit, I'm not gonna watch main roster until it's gonna get better, until they're gonna get, you know, people in attendance, until they're gonna do something that actually gonna intrigue me. And I was thinking about this before or right after the Madonna Raw that happened last week. And I was, uh, I was thinking, well, I do not need to make this type of reviews where I'm gonna explain what happened on SmackDown or Raw or Fighter Fest or Dynamite or NXT, whatever. I'm gonna talk about some topics that I do like and don't like in WWE or AEW or any other promotion. And I dropped out from WWE Many, many times. I even dropped out from AEW once when my university started this year. But it was like emergency situation because I needed to find out what the fuck is this university and how it's going to change from the school life. And not really my change. That's why I, like two weeks, three weeks after this little break, I came back and got into the full gear uh, pay-per-view very easily. But with WWE, it's like... Every two years, every year, there's going to be a moment that's going to break me. Like, after something, I'm going to be like, I don't want to watch this shit. And I've been watching this product since, I don't know, 2010, 2009. And 
Every time WWE managed to fuck something up, get rid of a lot of viewers, but do something a little bit right, they'll bring my childish mind back. Sometimes it's gonna be something on a main roster, maybe it's gonna be something on NXT, because after 2013, I wanna say 14, I just decided to drop out from WWE on more than one occasion in one year, but something I would never drop completely was NXT. Yes, I could miss a couple weeks of a show, months of a show, but every takeover I was there, every big moment, I still wanted to come back and watch it. Main roster, not so much, you know, until, I don't know, 2016 with SmackDown, the greatest era of SmackDown in the last decade or so, you know, I... I was intrigued by this product, I really wanted to see it, and of course the AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, John Cena and Kevin Owens drivers were incredible, I I just couldn't miss it, and of course you cannot forget about the Intercontinental title being actually prestigious and mean something, it was like the first time in forever since they put the Intercontinental title on a big stage. And people fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. But then, obviously, 2017 started. I didn't watch Raw this time that much. Because it was garbage. It's still garbage. But then, obviously, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Randy Orton. And you think to yourself, God fucking damn it. You did it this. You did this to the best thing you had. On your fucking program. Maybe NXT was... Well, NXT always been better, apart from the reality show times, but you would doubt that SmackDown was actually better than NXT at some occasions. Because you have AJ Styles and John Cena, fucking hell, but at the same time you have, I don't know, Miss and uh, Dolph Ziggler feuding for the Intercontinental title, Miss doing his Smack Talk promo. Holy shit, yes, please. But then how sad, they fucked it all up. They get rid of the best things, and we got what we got right now. The unwatchable garbage that's going for, what, three years without changing, and they're not willing to change anything. And that's why, once again, I thought, nah, I'm gonna drop the fuck out, I'm gonna watch NXT from time to time, and I'm gonna watch AEW, because I love what they're doing over there. I absolutely hate what they do in the main roster, but if you got something good, I'm gonna watch it. But I decided to wait a little bit, and waking up on Saturday morning, I checked on YouTube, and I see JD's video about SmackDown, and it says, The worst SmackDown ever? Or the worst SmackDown of 2020? And I was like, oh damn, they fucked up once again, huh? Well, maybe it's over-exaggeration. I open up an app, I checked what happened on the show. I was stunned by how bad it was. I checked the comments at the time, it was like 4 or 5, and everyone said, what the fuck is this? What is this garbage? It's disgraceful, it's disgusting. It was so bad that I actually watched the show. I didn't read through, I didn't watch some videos. Well, I did. But not only I did this, I actually watched the whole two fucking hours of this nonsense, and it was bad.
so bad that I truly think it was the last time I watched SmackDown or Raw for the next couple of months. And I know it's before SummerSlam next week, or this week actually, we're gonna have uh, Extreme Rules. I'm probably gonna watch this. Maybe, I, I don't really want to actually. There's nothing that intrigues me, that nothing that makes me want to tune in because I don't want to see Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman in the Swamp match that's not even for this fucking Halloween title. I don't want to watch uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre in possibly, what is this, TLC match reportedly might be. And I remember Dolph Ziggler said, I don't want to say what type of match I'm going to choose because it's going to give advantage to Drew, which is right, but also it's never been done before. If it actually TLC, just, just fuck off with this shit then. It's gonna get some intrigue or some something interest to this match because nobody wants to see Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler in a one-on-one -on -one match. But um, but now we're coming to SummerSlam. Now, of course, in the Extreme Rules, we had fucking eye for an eye match. <sighs> Jesus Christ, can we see Dominic Hilton? Do I really want to see Dominic Hilton now? Yes, but at the same time, not really. It's just... It's just embarrassing to watch WWE at the moment, I'm not gonna lie. And then we have SummerSlam that, it, I don't know, the, the last time SummerSlam was actually so good that I would forget everything. What, what was it, 2000s? Uh, I don't remember. They can have some good matches, but overall, SummerSlam always been in the last years pay-per-view that you're not really that excited about. It should be the second biggest event of the year, but it comes out as another pay-per-view. And right now, looking at the card, you're gonna have Finn versus Braun Strowman for the Halloween title. <sighs> Whatever. It's going for way too long, and unfortunately, I lost all passion for this feud because, first of all, I didn't want to see this feud for the Universal title because Finn does not need a Universal title. Second of all, you put fucking Miz and Morrison in between two matches with Bray Wyatt. Who the fuck gonna take this shit seriously? Like, come on. We're gonna have Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre, probably. Quite excited for this. Don't really know where they can go with this. No, I know where they can go with this. I don't know what path they will choose. Have a strong champion that they wanted to build for quite some time. That, whose name is not Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, or Goldberg. <laughs> or they want to go with the path that can lead to the big money match at WrestleMania with Randy Orton versus Edge for the WWE title. Because it doesn't matter which path they're gonna choose, fans can accept both of them. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing any of this shit. The problem is, knowing how WWE might fuck everything up, I don't know what they're gonna do with Drew if you're gonna beat Randy Orton, because Randy's the biggest heel, and if Randy gonna win, there is some opportunities to establish some youngsters, well, 
I'm saying youngsters, but I mean NXT call-ups or NXT guys. There's an opportunity to establish someone like Drew McIntyre in a great 20-30 minute match. But overall it's going to lead to Edge, who's going to probably take away the title from Randy. And then we can have some dream matches with Edge and Seth Rollins uh, with their rivalry that started in 2015. With Authority Seth Rollins, we can have some matches like Edge versus AJ Styles, Champion versus Champion. You know, there's so many ways they can go. That kind of makes me want Randy Orton to win, but I'm afraid they can make this boring. Speaking of boring, that's something this SmackDown wasn't particularly. Yeah, it wasn't particularly boring because it was so bad. What a fucking awful segue, you know? I need to drink some water before I'm gonna talk about this nonsense. After 15 minutes of talking about why I might head out again from WWE, it's time to talk about this pathetic nonsense of a show. That started with Miss TV. And the guest was Jeff fucking Hardy. Oh, come on. You know how the segment went. They talk about something, they make fun about Jeff. Jeff tries to protect himself, John Morrison attacks him even more. Miss touches the dodgy subject with, you know, his daughter, seeing Jeff Hardy as an idol of professional wrestling. She's looking up to him, and Miss doesn't want to, Jeff to be the influence on his kid, because Jeff is a junkie. They showed the clip where this whole redemption storyline happens and Seamus beat the living shit out of Jeff. Ah, <sighs> I mean, why, why are we still here? Why, why are we going with this storyline? Like, it was obvious it's gonna be bad. When some people tried to protect WWE at the beginning, you might understand where they came coming from because JD and somebody else from I don't remember Wrestle Talk, a cultaholic, maybe Sam said that you know it's something different. They did something different on SmackDown. It actually progressed storyline with the tournament because both of competitors went off the show, you know, went out of the tournament and. They progress the storyline, and they have a storyline between Jeff and Seamus going along because, well, we found some, you know, red beard or red hair in the car. But um, I said straight away, I don't like it because it's very, very distasteful knowing Jeff Hardy's history and especially knowing that it happened so recent as recent as last year. I said it's gonna it's gonna be bad if they're gonna continue. If they would stop after one or two weeks they would bring it up only as oh look, shame must try to uh put Jeff in this position, but Jeff actually turned it around and now Shame is getting his ass beat. Yes, this could have worked because it lasted two weeks, nothing bad happened. 
But it wasn't the case, was it? Couple months, so months and a half, we still here, and we didn't progress from the simple, oh, look, he's a drinker. But now we kind of progressed, and look, he's a junkie. He's a bad guy, and everybody in the fucking roster attacks him for his past. For no obvious reason, just because they fucking hills. They putting him around alcohol every single week, then trying to encourage him to come back to the bad path. And people who protect him, like, not, not Jeff, but protect the storyline, protect WWE. I'm thinking, are you brain dead? Are you fucking retarded? Or are you that young that you do not understand what's going on? Because some people are saying that it actually helps Jeff Hardy to overcome his addiction. It actually helps Jeff Hardy because, you know, he's around alcohol, but WWE take care of him that way. How? How is it helping? And when you read that Matt Hardy is actually concerned about Jeff, you know, he doesn't want this useless pressure on his little brother. You like, yeah, this makes sense. But then you read some comments and a lot of people agreeing. But some people saying, oh, how pathetic. Because Matt Hardy lost all his value. The broken gimmick is so irrelevant now. And he needs brother near to establish his gimmick once again. You think to yourself, oh no. There is no way you're that dumb. Because a lot of people actually said that right now, looking at Jeff, it's really sad because of how WWE portraying Jeff Hardy. Because of what they're doing with his, not only character, but with Jeff himself. Because instead of remembering his career and doing this redemption storyline and giving him a title opportunity for, I don't know, Universal or at the very least Intercontinental title that he can win and have one less good ride. They doing this fucking nonsense. Some people try to protect them over this nonsense and try to somehow attack Mad, who on the other hand is portrayed as a legend but also can help on screen and off screen to the youngsters and to, you know, established stars who need an advice because he always been better at this than Jeff and that's not a secret and it's not a jab to Jeff it's just a reality that Matt was always more understandable of how to help other people, you know, around him with their future career and you know what? They're both very creative and I would doubt that Brother Nero would be incredible in Brother uh, Broken Universe. And yes, Matt Hardy needs Jeff Hardy to complete his universe. But does he struggle right now in AW? Well, yes, because Sammy Guevara is not here, but we're talking about being the elite where fans absolutely love his Broken Universe. We're talking about AW where fans at at the very first glance were happy than not happy with the teleportation but since that everybody who I know and who talks on you know big channels talk that sometimes it hit and miss but if we're talking in general I really like split personalities I really like what Matt Hardy is doing they should you know try not to overdo this because this effect of changing 
from uh, broken mat to mat 2000 or matter of fact version 1 you know might be not so impressive might be not so interesting but everybody seems to enjoy it and knowing what they do in off screen and on screen with helping other people well other youngsters you know that they're doing everything right and again we're coming back to Jeff who's been portrayed as a junkie who cannot pass his legacy as something great who's stuck in WWE right now and he's stuck without doing what he wants because in May as it turns out he was an interview interviewed by Corey Graves and he talked about his plans of having a universal title match with The Fiend and he gave some good ideas for cinematic matches, you know, with him being stuck in the Firefly Funhouse that is black and white and he's him trying to escape this place. I would assume that Jeff Hardy still has Willow character and it does not belong to TNA, Impact or other companies, so they could have used this Willow against uh, the Fiend. And it would be entertaining, nonetheless, because yes, it might have been not the best cinematic match, not the best storyline, but at the very least, it would have been entertaining, and people fucking love being entertained, so they would tune in, and when the ratings are falling down, like now, with 1.9 on this show, 1.7 on the previous show, you need something entertaining, because... Miss TV and Miss versus Jeff Hardy that happened next is not fucking entertaining at all. It was okay match at the very least. Nobody really wanted to see this. Everybody wanted to see Jeff versus John Morrison, who's been portrayed just fucking pathetic on on WWE after he returned. I thought back when he returned and they used him in this backstage segment it was a waste because you could have used him at Royal Rumble as any other you know returning superstar but no they decided to do the backstage with the Miz and yes it could have been somewhat of entertaining and somewhat of a right decision but they completely fucked him up by squashing him on Royal Rumble to Brock Lesnar and they haven't used him probably for quite some time. Yes, then they've been the tag team champions. Hey, hey, ho, ho, shit. You know, WWE Creative needs to go. This was the greatest song I've ever made. Uh, and what else? Oh, yes. Then this fucking universal title shot that, again, I, I said, didn't help at all to establish this Halloween title of, you know, universal title again Miss versus Jeff Hardy happened nothing really interesting inside the ropes but the ending was just fucking brilliant you get Seamus appearing drinking Guinness saying oh look it's a nice Guinness you want some see you oh yes how could I forgot the main premise of fucking Miss TV Excuse me, that's why I said I don't want to really want to do this type of reviews because I'm gonna forget something big. 
Oh, fucking bar match. Fucking bar match that we might get at Extreme Rules. Who the fuck thought it was a good idea again? I already talked about his addictions in the in the past and how it does not help him at all. Those fucking, you know, alcohol around him and bringing back the past. Not as the vignette that they were doing before Seamus feud with him overcoming his addiction, him overcoming all his trouble and coming back to the WWE as a better person. No, no, no. We're just gonna make a bar fucking match. You know, a bar fight in a bar or WWE, they're gonna create their own fucking bar and they're gonna trash each other. I would assume Sheamus might even splash some alcohol right into the Jeff Hardy's face. Do you think it's a good idea? I don't fucking think so. Nobody fucking thinks so. And here we come to the end of the match. Sheamus says, OMA, here's a Guinness. Accept my fucking match against me at, at Extreme Rules or whatever with the bar fight stipulation. Jeff Hardy comes down from doing a swanton bomb. Miss goes for the cover. You know, roll up. Didn't work out. But Jeff does his own roll-up and wins the match. Fucking waste of time. Then we have Alexa Bliss... Bliss, wow. Alexa Bliss... Bliss, Jesus fucks, you, you got the point. Alexa and Nikki Cross versus Bailey and Sasha Banks. Fun for what it was. Especially at the beginning, when they attacked... Uh, Bailey and Sasha attacked Alexa and Cross from behind. But holy shit, this match was alright, but the storyline that they do in... I cannot help but to think that... Bayley and Sasha doing the best things of their career in the main roster, because they basically carry in the whole main roster and a little bit of NXT. But the problem is, a lot of people seem to just, you know go along with lines that, oh, I'm okay with Sasha being portrayed as a challenger to Oscar's title, even though she's on SmackDown and she's on Raw. I'm okay with them being again fighting against Io Shirai. And I'm okay with them fighting versus Io Shirai, if it does make sense. The fucking Oscar-Sasha Banks doesn't make any sense, because, yes, they can appear on Raw and NXT because they hell... You know, they hold this fucking tag team titles, but it doesn't mean they can fight for the Raw or NXT championships because they don't belong in that brand. They either need to be drafted after they're going to win because when they're going to lose eventually their tag titles, it's going to be a situation either you relinquish your title and come back to SmackDown, either you stay on Raw and that's it. But I cannot deny that the Bayley and Sasha Banks is the most interesting storyline that they have right now. They carry in the whole fucking main roster. And yes, I would say that it takes away from the other women. Yes, I would say it's completely devalued uh, Survivor Series and this possible match between Asuka, Sasha Banks and Io Shirai, for example. Even though it gives more history to their feud because, you know, they appeared on NXT, they fight against each other in NXT, Sasha and Asuka fight against each other in Extreme Rules and on Raw. And yes, when I'm saying this right now, it kinda makes it better, 
But to be honest, it mostly devalues it because I would rather see the one-off that would be incredible, you know, between all of them. The kind of hints that we might see Io Shirai against Sasha Banks or Asuka is going to be like, oh, will she go up to main roster? Ooh, rather than, all right, we're already seeing most of these matches. And yes, it will be good. And yes, they have the history between each other. But it's going to be like, the first time ever would be pretty cool. This, this not so much. But anyway, the match ended in a roll-up, two roll-ups in a row. I don't want to talk about the matches in South because... Why would I already talk about 30 minutes about how bad the show was? <laughs> then we got the backstage promo with Cesaro when interviewer uh, said that, Oh, are you ready to give another upset? They said, Upset? What the fuck are you on about? We are the best team. We deserve the title show. We're gonna win. And we are the best. We've been overlooked for way too long. Let's go, Shinsuke. Uh, 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 yeah, sure. It was a nice promo, but we all knew what's gonna happen. They're gonna have match at Extreme Rules. So this match needs to end in some shenanigans. And we're gonna talk about this in a little while. Oh no, the next thing, oh, the next thing is fucking karaoke. Oh wow, oh wow, how fucking bad this shit was. It was so bad that I don't want to, don't want to talk about this. But I have to, because I already went so far. I, I just, no, it was so bad. You already heard about this from anyone else at this point, doesn't matter, JD, Cultaholic, WrestleTalk, World Culture, everybody said, Steven Larson, everybody said, it was fucking terrific, it was fucking pathetic, it was bad, it was bad. Uh, trying to summarize it, they have a contest that, which was held by fucking Jimmy Uso, right? Not Jay, Jay is injured. So it should be Jimmy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was Jay. It doesn't fucking matter. Because we had Naomi. We had Lacey Evans. We had Donna Brooks. And we had... We had Tamina singing karaoke. It was WWE theme songs. All of them were bad. And not the original songs. But the performance by women. <sighs> Naomi won. She sang. What did she sing? Was it Dustin Rhodes' theme song? I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, it was just pathetic. It was painful to watch, painful to sit through. It, uh, it led to absolutely nothing. I say nothing, but it led to the one on one match between Lacey Evans, who got jealous. That she didn't win in a fucking karaoke and she attacked Naomi. And yes, Lacey Evans was kind of face before this and that was her heel turn. Fuck me! Just fucking hell. They had like, what, three, five minute match between each other that was... 
I don't want to say bad, there was nothing. Like, Lacey Evans' character isn't particularly bad, but it's outdated, it's uninteresting, and nobody gives a shit about her. Nobody understood why the fuck she's getting the title shot at Becky Lynch's title before when there was Corbin and uh, Seth Rollins' feud and Becky Lynch's and Lacey Evans' feud. But we still got it anyway, time after time after time. Now she's been kind of forgotten, like the whole fucking tech team division in WWE. And uh, we got this from face to heel in a snap of fingers, in a useless segment, the lad, well, I'm saying to absolutely nothing, but led to fans fucking outrageous and fans screaming for justice for women. You know, you're talking about evolution too. I'm saying go fuck yourself with this shit because nobody wants to see this now. Who, who in the right mind would say yes? Evolution 2 is a good idea. We have four fucking women that actually been portrayed as something big in a company. Asuka, uh, Bailey, Banks, and actually, oh yes, and Nia Jax, that's fucking it. Charlotte is out, uh, Becky is out. Now, we have four women, and anybody who says, Right now, they're doing the most of it, what they can with the women's division. I'm saying, what are you fucking smoking? You have Ruby Riot getting beat up every week by Iconics, which leads to absolutely nothing, which actually led to Bianca Belair appearing on this Monday Night Raw, which was, you guessed it, fucking horrific. But uh, how I said, I only read what happened, so I'm not going to go in details what exactly happened, because... I don't want to watch this shit, and I will not watch this shit. And we had Shayna Baszler appearing at the fucking ninja segments, 24-7 shit. <sighs> yeah, and she said, I'm going to beat every woman, and I'm going to fight for the title. Great. Do I think it's going to happen? Hopefully. We're gonna have Raw, uh, Raw Women's title defended at SummerSlam with uh, Shayna Baszler versus Asuka. That's gonna be pretty cool. Do I think Shayna will win? No. If she's gonna win, will it affect Asuka? Yes, because right now she did absolutely nothing. She was squashed to... not squashed, but she was fed to Charlotte twice. Then she barely beat her because Nia Jax and now she's in a feud with Sasha Banks. That's it. And again, about the women's division, I think Nikki Cross tries to do the most that she can. But it's obvious that she will not be the one who's going to take the title. And I said once to my friend that I don't see... Uh, Nikki Cross winning the title in a million years in this company because she's too sh she's too short. That's about it. She's short to G, only getting some opportunities, but she will never win the title. I hope I'm wrong because she's capable of doing great things, 
and she has straightaway feud with Alexa Bliss, but do I think she's gonna win the title? No, of course no. And look, that's been whole division of women uh, in WWE, in main roster. No disrespect to women who's trying to do something with the chicken shit, how Naomi said. But when you have Naomi and Lacey Evans fight because of fucking karaoke, and their match ended in no contest because Tamina and Dana Brooke appeared from out of nowhere from plexiglass and attacked uh, Lacey Evans and Naomi. Fucking garbage. Fucking garbage. And you want evolution too. Don't. Just. Just fucking don't. And a main event we had New Day versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Pretty fun match. Not gonna lie. Again. Awful finish. Uh, with um, Ref saying it's a double countdown. It's a double disqualification because. Both teams start to fight at the outside, and Rav decided to say, Oh, well, fuck you guys, that's a double DQ, or whatever. Again, it wasn't a bad match, it was a pretty good match, but we all knew the outcome. It's gonna be some shenanigans. And what do you think? That's exactly what happened. After the match, they beat up New Day, put a table, had a great powerbomb suplex onto the table where Biggie already was uh, sitting or laying on the table and they put coffee through Biggie through the table. That was cool. They posed with the title. Smackdown goes out of air. Cool finish. Well, lame finish, but cool ending of, uh, of a show. The problem is, on this SmackDown, there was no clean finishes. And like, it wasn't bad enough, the whole show, with the karaoke, with Miss TV, but every single match ended either in shenanigans, either with a roll-up, sometimes even touching the rope, in case of Naomi, but it was so, so fucking <clears throat> badly made that you barely can see that she held the ropes. <sighs> what uh, what can I say? That was pathetic. I really don't want to watch another episode of SmackDown in my entire life. Next week we're gonna have good match. Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles. The problem is, I would rather see this on SummerSlam in what, 4 or 5 weeks? And we know that Corbin gonna either attack Matt Riddle before the match, either interfere during the match, it's gonna cost Matt Riddle the match, because otherwise, what the fuck you gonna do? You're gonna have Matt Riddle lose? You're gonna have Matt Riddle win after, what, three weeks uh, and at SmackDown? Don't, don't play a laugh. It's just, it, it's just bad booking. I don't want to see this match on free TV, even though it's great that I can see this match on free TV, but I would rather see this match after the SummerSlam, where they're going to fight for the title. And then, after a couple of weeks, we might have the rematch on SmackDown, which will make more sense than having this match next SmackDown. Anyway, that was bad. I don't want to watch another SmackDown on Monday Night Raw in the next couple of weeks. 
I'm not gonna report unless something gonna big happen with those two shows. Probably gonna say something about Extreme Rules. Maybe gonna express my opinion about Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash. But that's about it. Don't watch SmackDown. Let the ratings drop. Let Vince fire Bruce. Then after this, let Vince come to, you know, everybody investor call and say, well, we get rid of another problem. And after this, there's going to be no one to blame apart from Vince McMahon. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you for listening for this nonsense of 40 fucking minutes. And see you soon, maybe.